not to see each other with colors, not to see each other with a different trance, but to see the world tribe. We are one tribe and all our lives matters, you know, not just black or white or Indo, all our lives matter. Respect each other to, to such a way that you see each other and the word is see, I see you for the true potential that is inside of you and to see each other as one tribe one color and mm. leave the colors let us be a rainbow world not even a rainbow nation let us be mm. a rainbow world <laughs> aloha my beautiful friends on the other side of the screen or your speakers i am Christopher Lakshmi Ditton coming to you from beautiful san diego California. Yeah, and I call myself new time coach and I believe that each one of us we have a treasure box inside and once we start to open it we can start to manifest our inner fairy tales into this reality as our dreams on our terms. And today is a very special day because on the other side I have my beautiful friend a spiritual teacher um, a lady who has inspired me for, um, came out 15 years. So Daniela Lee, who is on the line uh, directly from Cape Town, South Africa. Welcome. Thank you. Hello, my friend. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah. And um, when I was also doing a little more research about you, um, there it's, it's you, you all, almost seem to me also like a little spy. There is very little uh, so publicly shared. And um, I actually had to go back to my own master thesis, which I wrote about your uh, angel house and, and all the you know, beautiful projects you did. Um, that was 15 years ago. Um, and then um, came out um, that um, one of the uh, beginnings of your entrepreneurship uh, journey was actually that you had several bookshop projects and um, you imported books and cards from America and then you distributed it um, in South Africa. But also you have uh, studied and done many different uh, kinds of courses and classes um, accountancy, counseling, psychology, hypnotherapy, spiritual healing. And recently also you have become such a good real estate um, expert in so many ways. You're helping people, as you call, uh, to find their sacred home or sacred space. So, and um, I was so uh, lucky to have found you in uh, South Africa, Cape Town. I remember the story um, to find you went this way that I arrived to South Africa as an exchange student for Cape Town University. And I just um, let out the question like, um, where are the people and where are the connections who I'm supposed to meet here who will um, make a big difference in my life? And then suddenly everyone was starting to uh, share with me about this angel lady, Daniela, and they said, you have to connect with her, you have to find her. And um, it took quite a while, but after some time, I went to the holistic fair where you were not present in uh, person, but I found uh, your details. And then I called and came out that you lived basically so close that I could walk to your house. 
And I started to do all those beautiful uh, courses and classes which he did there. And um, by the end of that semester, I didn't only get my bachelor's in anthropology, um, which I finished, but I also became immunologist. So that was quite a journey. And since then, I have also uh, been very touched by the inspiration and motivation you gave to me. But uh, could you tell us how did a person like yourself, you're actually originally from Italy, how did you end up in South Africa and Cape Town? Oh, wow. I must say I'm 66 years old today and I've had quite a journey in my life. (laughs) And I probably haven't regretted any steps of it because one step led me to something else. I've done many things and it's always been, um, since I was young, I think one of my greatest inspirations was my grandmother. She was very psychic. She was very spiritual in her own way. And I had a very... Alone childhood, you know, I didn't play with many friends, but I was so open and I could feel, you know, through her teachings as well, the spiritual side or the spirits or the guides around me all the time. So um, I think it's very well started in my childhood, you know, until... um, and through my life, when I finished school, and we, we immigrated to South Africa. That's why how we got to Cape Town. I was 12 years old when I arrived in South Africa. And after finishing my school, uh, after doing and working for banks and doing courses with the banking world, <laughs> because my mind goes both ways. One is a beta side and one is an alpha side. Um, I eventually started, decided to open up my own businesses and to something awoke me one day, something about my past life, something about um, other worlds, other eras. It it led me to the to apart from having my own bookshops, like you said, and importing books from America and distributing them. And um, I decided that I needed to go on a spiritual route. And that's when I started doing all the other courses, like you mentioned, the hypotherapy, the psychology courses, you know, learning from other people. Because the more I learned from other people, the more I could teach to other people as well. Part of the process and part of the learning, I also began to to travel. That's my only way I can say it. In other words, I started developing my inner soul and my inner intuition. And I started connecting to my guides, to what I call the masters on the other level. And by connecting to the masters, a lot of lessons were actually channel through to me of what to actually share with other people. So I took the two worlds, because I call it two worlds, although we're in one world, and I took the two worlds, the spiritual world, the universal world, the universal energy that we all talk about, in a realistic scientific way, if you want to call it, of the human race. And I tried to bring it together to create a a gap or a bridge for humanity to cross from one to the other. Um, After doing 
my courses and my teachings for many, many years. Personally and in my personal growth, I was giving a lot of myself. I was really, as you know, I was giving everything I could. And energetically, it was a little bit draining at times, so I needed to change again. <laughs> and that's when I went into real estate. Although, by going into real estate, I still said to myself, the weekends or part of the weekends are still mine for my work. And I do still see clients um, on a Saturday or Friday, Saturday, you know, where I can accommodate, I still do clients. I do want to teach again. I do want to go back into teaching because I think we are in extreme important times um, on earth at the moment. So I actually feel that I need to go back into teaching at some point. I just need to move again <laughs> to all my classes. <laughs> so movement is part of my life as well. Movement, forever movement. <laughs> yeah. During my documentary, uh, I remember I asked like how many times you had moved. At that point, it was five times. And when I asked you today, since that time, how many more times have you moved? You said five five more times and maybe five the next more one times. Is, okay. yeah. yeah. And the last time we've been I've been here four years. So that's quite long for me. <laughs> yeah. So can you can you also tell the uh, thought process behind um your moving? Because it's it's a little deeper than maybe most people just move from one place to another. It probably does. It probably that depending on the circumstances of my life or where I am, um, I mean, apart from me loving creativity, you know, loving creative design, loving create these spaces, you know, where I can grow. I think it depends, you know, my soul where it is at the moment. If you think of souls that if we dream soul-wise, if we have dreams soul-wise, we, we dream of houses, and sometimes they're black and white, but we find ourselves in houses, in spaces, whatever our dream consists of. So our soul sometimes needs to be comfortable in a certain space. Our energy needs to be comfortable. And there are times as we progress in our life where we feel, okay, I've done, I've left my energy here. I've done what I can in this space. I need to find a new space. It's part of the abundance theory that you're creating and you're manifesting. And by creating a new space and a new manifestation, mentally and realistically as well, it helps you to move on in whatever you're doing in your life as well. You know, and it helps you to leave whatever pass and lesson you've learned behind with that space. And also part of the process, because I've also, since uh, we saw each other physically last time, I've traveled to 30 countries and I think wow. altogether I have uh, moved like 50 times or even more. So more than I, me. <laughs> yeah, I have uh, got rid of so much clutter that at points I even live just out of the suitcase. So it makes our lives lighter, I think. Yeah, it, it does. It does. And I'm, I'm the worst one for that because I'm like a gypsy and I like to collect things and, and, and I hate to get rid of things. But it teaches you that you don't need all this, you know, that it's just that you do need to declutter at times and you need to let go and you need to create space for something new to come in as well. 
And that's what our souls do. Yeah. Uh, could you elaborate a little more about the alpha and beta sides, which you yeah. mentioned, if there are people here who are not very familiar with those uh, concepts? Absolutely. Our brain is made up of two parts. One is a beta side, which we use for normal human activities, you know, for our bodies to work, for uh, our realistic, analytical mind to work with everyday life. For instance, with me, with property, to work with the legal side, the property, the business, you know, that's where we're using our beta mind to the full potential. The other part of the brain is the alpha side, which um, scientists have found out that humanity hardly uses it. You know, if we use probably 5% of it is a lot. We have never developed, we never, evolution has never gone that far with humanity for us to be able to use the two brains. And the only way we can actually assess that alpha side is through meditation, through putting ourselves in a state where we close our beta side of the brain and we open up and try to use as much as we possibly can or learn to use the sulfur side. Now, this part of the brain, to me, it feels like it's not a little switch, a little switch that connects us to the universal energies everywhere, <laughs> whether it's to, you know, whatever is on this earth and to nature and to animals, but it connects us to the universal energies as well. So to be able to connect to everything that is <laughs> and includes spirits and giants, we've got to close up our beta side that think and analyzes on a human level and try to use our alpha side as our soul, as our energy being would actually use it. And that's the difference between the two. And the secret that I always try to teach to humanity when I talked about just now, to build the bridge and to build the gap, that whatever we get, because the alpha side, you use it in dreams, in a dream world. When your body is rested at night, when your beta side is asleep, your alpha side wakes up. And your alpha side travels sometimes or has vivid dreams, like everybody calls it. And because of that, you realize that you're using part of the brain or part of yourself that you're not normally using during waking hours. Now, the secret for me is to actually build a gap between the two of them, to build this bridge that you are able to open a door between the alpha and the beta side. So whatever work, whatever feelings, whatever emotions, whatever you can achieve on the alpha side of your brain or the alpha side of your energy or soul, you can actually transfer some of it like a computer to your beta side so you can use it for normal activity on earth as well and to create better uh, to create a better you to create a better surroundings to create better emotions to create better feelings around you and i feel personally also that i think the times we are heading it's like activating more and more of that uh, alpha side 
we are almost like I feel at times like forced to like really start to connect and reconnect with ourselves and also with the world from a different point of view, not only from the uh, rational masculine, but more from that intuitive feminine um, soulful level. And I think right now what's happening probably also with um, all the things connected to pandemic is actually also uh, one of the ways we are forced really like being truthful and look into ourselves truthfully in the mirror as well like okay something needs to change like some yes. things don't work anymore completely um, yeah completely it's yeah. a way you know in some ways i mean to me the pandemic was a rebirth in of the earth, you know, rebirthing of humanity, something that whatever, in whatever way it was caused, in whatever way it happened, it actually started something in humanity that humanity needs to pay attention to. And a lot of it is to look at yourself, to look at whatever you stand for, look at your soul, what, look at your energy. How do you respond to the world? How do you respond to other people? How do you respond? to humanity itself and how can, can you reinvent yourself a little bit to survive this earth, you know, and also to look back into the past, you know, because looking back into the past, you think, okay, what have I done up to now? What, what have I done for humanity? What have I done to this earth? Coming down to this earth, have I lived a life that I was meant to live, that my energy or my soul was meant to live, or is it still things which I need to do? Is there still any ways that I can become a better me or a better soul, you know, than what I've been in the past? So I think it's an awakening for, you know, for much of humanity at the moment. Yeah, I've uh, also been in connection with many of my friends in Hawaii. And even though it's very hard because they are so dependent on tourists, Hawaii, as uh, as their nature and everything, what's going on there, um, environmental-wise, is really healing. And yeah. um, it's really amazing. Like, my friends send pictures of the beaches, and they are clear. The water is clear. Like, everything yeah. is getting back into the balance. Yeah. And uh, people have seen birds and butterflies that they haven't seen for a long time, you know. Yeah. So, yes, nature is healing and it's good. And I know it's tough and financially it's tough for many people because, like you said, many of them were dependent on tourism. So, the Cape Town, you know, um, many of the people in Cape Town depend on tourism. But it will come back. And I think when it comes back, it comes in a better way. And maybe some of those people that were so dependent on tourists, maybe they find something to do or something to change in their life that will actually better what they were doing before. So it's a two-way thing. I've seen so many people at the moment in Cape Town do take up hobby, do it yourself, you know, starting little businesses from home, you know, um, making things that they weren't making before to survive, you know, and to make money because they were either retrenched or their business closed down, but they're doing different things. And you can see the passion coming out a little bit, passion that, wow, you know, I'm doing something different that I thought I never would do before, but it's actually 
it's actually brilliant, you know, because I'm starting this new chapter of my life. And yes, the money might not be as good as it was before, but it will come. And as it opens up, it will come. Mm-hmm. And uh, going uh, maybe a little deeper into the South Africa um, environment and culture as well, um, when I arrived there, I was um, so taken away by the beauty, especially Cape Town, like the beauty of the, the town itself, you know, Table Mountain, the nature, cultural, like colors, like, you know, textiles, like there is so much richness. And then there was the pain of upper tide, which was still kind of hanging invisibly in the air. And um, as a world traveler myself, I had never felt that I was like being white was a bad thing. (laughs) And um, that was first time in my life when I was really like my friends who were there, they were like really trying to enforce me to really think that way and be careful. And I had one little incident where I was attacked on the street and that really woke me up. I was like, okay, uh, I have to be more careful. And um, the story of South Africa with the upper tide, like, of course, it's very um, different um, than what we had in Estonia. But time-wise, it was almost the same, like 50 years, you were suppressed and there were certain things which were like enforced on people and culture. And then coming out, like all of these things, like starting to heal and change and, and so on. And to see how much this this was in the process when I was there also like 15 years ago um, was really amazing, but also being in the middle of it, like I got to know a really beautiful lady from a township there who actually had a little shop um, in uh, Claremont, I think it was. And uh, she even did some beautiful clothes for me and I was really happy I could support her as well. And I went back like six months later and uh, her boyfriend had just shot her in Mm -hmm. that shopping mall. Mm -hmm. And I was in shock, like stuff like that I had never been so close to. So now you as as an European, um, you know, you in this um, different kind of environment, which is so much more challenging. And I also personally think that that's probably part of your soul journey to to be that um, bridge builder, as you said, but also with with your project of the House of Angels, I saw how it actually um, created that oasis where people could come and actually completely transform and see the unity more than separate, uh, being separate or separated. Um, How is the situation right now? And um, what do you say about that? unifying energy and separated um, energies uh, from your perspective yeah i believe i believe in south africa i believe it's a beautiful country i believe we can make it work i can believe that we can live with each other you know perfectly i think when the the biggest problem in south africa at the moment is poverty and not having um unemployment so we've got millions of people that are actually unemployed which unfortunately you know because of COVID it's actually got a little bit worse so the unemployment 
automatically causes a crime. Like you said, you were, uh, you know, part of the crime. And unfortunately, that it's always perpetrated, uh, you know, across the years that's still there. And, but if you live with the people and if you actually talk to the people and you become one, nobody actually that's why we call the rainbow nations because in a good energy times we don't actually see color we got so many cultures it's not just the african culture we got the hindu we got the muslim kind you know culture uh, we got the different tribes of african culture so even in an african culture if you go back through the years it's like every other european history where the cultures they fought the wars, you know, whether Italy fought with England or Germany fought <laughs> the world wars. So it's a different cultures and tribes, 11 tribes, if not more than that, living in South Africa with the Hindus and Muslims the Chinese, you know, we, a rainbow nation across the way. So it was, it's probably the best testing grounds for the world to actually learn to live together. Unfortunately, we do have to create this energy of employment and providing more employment, and that's where we wish, you know, the governments and political situation would actually do more for the people, you know, which I, it hasn't quite happened yet, but you still got hope and you still got trying to work on that way. But when you work and you talk to the people, um, with each other, there is a kind of influence which comes down from a political influence, you know, and sometimes it comes from overseas where they, they feel that the apartheid era, they're still suffering from it. But yet that's where you learn to, to teach that, over, you know, soul-wise, there is no color. There is no difference. There is no one that can say, wow, just because you chose to come down to this earth as a black person or as a white person or as a yellow person or as a, you know, brown person, there is no difference. We're only in this earth trying to work together and that's why possibly i still haven't found out the answer to that by the way <laughs> but that's why possibly we come down in different colors and different cultures and different tribes because i think our, our greatest lesson on this earth is to actually work together and to try and achieve which we nobody globally internationally across the world across the earth has ever learned to do this we have spite of peace across the world <laughs> which can go for 30 40 years when there's no wars even that it's probably too long because there the is little wars across the global scene you know stage if you want to call it so our greatest learn as humanity to come down to this earth and find a way to live with each other and to accept each other and to work together for the good of all it's very difficult for humanity. I don't think humanity has actually evolved to that stage yet, but we are trying. And I think many light workers, many people that are doing work like us are trying to bridge those gaps and to actually help people not to see each other with colors, not to see each other with a different trance, but to see 
the world tribe. We are one tribe. <laughs> and all our lives matters, you know, not just black or white or Indo. All our lives matter. And we need to respect each other. And I think the greatest lesson on this earth at the moment is to actually respect. Respect each other to to such a way that you see each other. And the word is see. I see you. I see you. I don't ignore you. I don't ignore your ads. I don't ignore you who you are. I see you for the true potential that is inside of you, which might not have come out yet, but I see you. And I think that's the greatest lesson on this earth is to build up that respect at the moment and to see each other as one tribe, one color, and mm-hmm. leave the colors. Let us be a rainbow world, not even a rainbow nation. Let us be mm. a rainbow world <laughs> as such. Yeah, and I uh, so agree. Um, when I came to Cape Town to um, study in Cape Town University for just one semester, I was so happy that that was my last semester of my bachelor degree because after that experience, I couldn't have gone back to Oslo University. <laughs> It would have been so boring. Our classrooms were uh, full of different nationalities. I remember this one uh, class we had that was called the Challenge of Culture. We had 15 nationalities in the class. So when we were going through um, an article about um, uh, some really deep issues like uh, circumcision for women um, or men um, in some different countries, we actually had people in the class who could actually share their story about those things and share if that what an anthropologist had written in their article was actually true. So, um, and then we were also, of course, put together to work as a group um, with different projects. So uh, when you have like five or six people from different countries in your group, you have to figure out like, how to make this work. Work, absolutely. (laughs) And then everyone has their perspectives, their background, and uh, in the end, you will have something good come out of it. And, oh my God, like the lessons I learned and exactly what you say that, you know, we are all the same, um, you know, on the soul level. And um, to put that to work, that was like really amazing experience. Mm -hmm. And one of the most amazing things also what happened, there was, uh, I was part of the Nigerian student club and they had around like 50 members and I was the only white member, like an honorary member uh, from Estonia. And I spent so much time with them. They were so kind and they showed me what like African aloha and and, uh, hospitality means. And at times I almost forgot that I was white I started to feel like I was like like them, you know. So um, it like South Africa for me, it surprised me and and it like gave uh, so much to me. And I think the richness which is there is like mind blowing. Um, if people would just be open to experience it, so absolutely. And and I think. You never forget it. Whatever experience one has in South Africa, and hopefully it's good, you know, if anybody travels to South Africa, I think you never forget it. Because I think the people in itself are amazing, you know. Um, I think in every culture, in every experience, like you went through an anthropology um, 
master, you know, in your degree and in your classes, they have their own belief system uh, and they have their own pain. And it's about teaching them to face that pain, to let it go, to to move forward. Um, for instance, I worked with a lot of people uh, during the House of Angels that their, parent, their fathers during apartheid years or their mothers were imprisoned, you know, and that's for the children and uh, help them to release that pain and to see themselves as true human beings. It's true enough to stand alone and to stand up for themselves and be part of this earth, you know, without the baggage of the past and bringing a baggage, which to that time block you or blocked them from moving forward into taking a place on this earth. And they did. And it's amazing when you see people like that, um, thriving once they've released the past and they begin to forgive the past, you know, at times, at times, like anything else, you have to forgive. It's the same as the trauma victims that sometimes, you know, you go through a traumatic um, episode and you need to let it go, not not just for the the perpetrators of that, but for yourself, where you need to actually release it so you can move forward in this life and not get stuck in this life. Um, and that's where my greatest teachings, I think, have possibly been, you know, to help people let go and not get stuck in the present and build a future for themselves and then to stand up strong in whatever color you are, whatever uh, culture you are, you know, to learn from your culture and your beliefs, because every belief matters and every culture matters, and to move forward and to integrate it into your world and your reality where you are at the moment, basically. That's so true. Um, one of the other things which really um, uh, impressed me uh, when I was hanging around and doing the classes, um, the relationship you and your husband, Graham, have, that was one of the first relationships I also saw from the sidelines. And I was like, oh, my God, I want a man like that. <laughs> so can you uh, tell us how did you meet him? And uh, maybe three tips you have learned. You guys have been married so many years. I know. Um, <laughs> what, what others, yeah, what others could learn. Okay. Um, I met him when I was 16 years old. So I was a young girl with starry eyes. And um, I knew he was my soulmate right from the start. You know, we had a very strong connection right from the beginning. Um, and we have had, you know, I think what held us together was the love that we had for each other and knowing possibly that there was no other person on this earth that we could be with. Now you're making me cry. <laughs> and uh, um, I think we had our rough times, you know, we never, not always have had easy times, you know, because I think sometimes, you know, two people will walk on different energy levels and there's bound to be a little bit of tension from time to time or a little bit of hiccups because they've got their own lessons to learn as well. But I think you know, if you have such a strong bond with each other. And again, it comes to, down to the word of respect and honoring, that bond that you 
that you have with each other and the connection that you have with each other and, and thriving and looking. And that was my always one of my greatest lessons is look for the pos- positive in a person and don't always focus on the negative. So learning forgiveness, you know, if somebody uh, does something, you know, to learn to forgive and to learn to move forward and to look for the positive and the good in that person. And I think every relationship, whether it's a love relationship or a marriage uh, relationship, is focusing and seeing the other person. And then we go back to the word, I see you, you know, seeing the other person and the potential. And the other person doesn't always have to be like you or think like you, but respecting the other person's thoughts and what they're going through and how they talk and how they act sometimes. They don't mind necessarily what you expect or what you would do, uh, you know, necessarily, but you understand where that person is actually coming from. So I think relationships are very important. And I think the only thing that I would say about South Africa at the moment, and I think I do need to bring it up because I've got very strong thoughts about it at the moment, is because of all the turmoil I think that South Africa has been through, because of all what we have gone through and what we're still going through because of crime at times, there's a very uh, distinction that men have become disrespectful a little bit towards women. So we've got a a very strong crime against women in South Africa at the moment that we're all trying to fight and we're all trying to teach um, men, no matter what color or race or whatever uh, circumstances they come from, that it's very important to nurture the female role in this world and what the female role stands for and that the female role has a voice as well and that the female role has a role to play on this earth, not just as a mother of the children, but also as a a partner in life uh, and uh, in business and in work as well which slowly, you know, we get in there, but it is one of the big questions. We've got a group which was started not so long ago because we had a lot of crime against young teenagers and young women, basically. Um, And also there's a lot of family crime at the moment, you know. Um, But we've got a group that started um, South Africa women against uh, fight back, you know, (laughs) and it's basically the women standing up and having a voice, you know, and having a voice probably not just for South Africa but for the whole world because I think women do need a place where they need to be honoured as well. Uh, And I've got very strong beliefs where that's concerned. And in your case, what I saw and observed uh, there, and I've also now followed you on Facebook and I see this continues, is that your husband really supports whatever (laughs) crazy stuff you come up with, right? (laughs) Absolutely. He's been absolutely amazing. (laughs) He doesn't always believe in that. (laughs) Because, yeah, I think sometimes it's just a bit too much (laughs) for him. Um, but he's probably been my strength and my support 
in my lifetime. And I always said to him, you're my winds beneath my winds. You, you're here on this earth to look after me and to support mm-hmm. me and to give me strength in whatever I do, you know. And that's he, he's the most amazing soul, <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> yeah. But he is, he is. Yeah. So um, one um, other um, area which which you have um, spent a lot of time is um, also you know now as as you had Angel House as a project and lots of teaching and you also were um, guiding and uh, holding um, those different community evening events where I yes. was also present uh, with my camera and stuff. Um, so you have seen people come to you with so many different issues and things. What would you say maybe the main common, maybe three uh, topics are people come to you? And what is it you would say as, as advice for them, like if you can even do it, like more like in a general way, like uh, remind them where to put their focus Okay, I think one of the main problems is relationships. I think the world is having a hard time with relationships, whether you're young or old. I think most people are going through a tough time. And it actually boils down to the, also to the self-esteem of the person, of taking the power back or building own power. And it's not just women that come to me, I must tell you, it's men as well. <laughs> but it's about taking your power and believing in yourself, believing in your what um, you've been through and what you can do and not align other people's energies to affect who you truly are and what um, and making amends and trying to build that bridge um, with, which at times can divide you. The second thing is probably past trauma, um, whether it comes from childhood, whether it's been come through a traumatic event that a person has experienced where uh, that has actually blocked them in their lives and whether it actually brought them down and their self-esteem or their self-belief is causing them to not to move forward or to be able to fall in love again or to be able to to experience a relationship again. That's a big part of it. And the third part is obviously business and work. You know, the other area of their life where they have to create this abundance of what they want to do for themselves. And sometimes the abundance is to be realistically projected in today's world, you know, and where they are at present, you know, so they can realistically send that energy out there and actually bring it to themselves, like, you know, we've all learned, but sometimes also in a realistic way, you know, um, as much as possible, with actions and with steps, you know, to get to the point where they want to be. In other words, people, you know, expect sometimes that, they're changing and they're creating and they expect it now. <laughs> and sometimes it takes time <laughs> and time is precious and time sits lessons that you learn with each step or stepping stone along the way. And you take those lessons and you hold them like your gold coins that you hold in your hands until you got to that point that you reached where you wanted to be. 
So uh, when people come to you, how is it you work with them? Like, can you exemplify some of the ways uh, or tools? Um, what is it you use? What, what can they Okay, first have? of all, I have to know the person. So usually I start, when a person comes to me, I love to do a reading for a person. You know, yes, I do use cards, but the cards are just mainly there to keep my alpha side open. <laughs> And I connect, and through my channeling, I call it more of a channeling than a reading, um, I start, and that's where my strength lies in the road that they started manifesting for themselves. So I see little bits of images and things of where they're going or what they're trying to create, um, and I try to interpret those images. I also pick up the energies of the people around them and what's happening with the people around them. And I, I more or less put my energy into them. That's what happens to me. I, or I pick up a lot of their energies. So I feel like I'm in a place walking along this road and I get to know them or what's the basic route of how to try and help them and heal them. The next step, I do a journey, what I call a journey work or a journey session where we go through a very deep meditation and I teach them to open the alpha side. Usually I bring the guides in because sometimes the guides are there to help people feel more comfortable, just to know there's somebody walking along. You know, it can depend on their belief system as well. But usually everybody's open to having a diet, you know, or feels some energetic presence and it helps them to comfort them. But in this journey work, we work on different aspects. If it's to let go of the past, we do it in a symbolic way because the alpha side of your brain actually is a language of symbols. So it recognizes, it's like your dreams. It recognizes your dreams never come to you explicitly of what they should be. They come to you in a language that you don't know, but you need to interpret. So the alpha side recognizes symbols. And to get into that little computer on the alpha side of your brain, during the meditation, you need to use symbols and imaginary and um, this meditation tool to let go at times of certain things that have happened in the past to heal and bring this energy of another person to build bridges with them, um, to, to strengthen the cords or cut the cords. So it works very powerfully because it works in your subconscious mind and your alpha side, what I call the alpha side is your subconscious mind. And through this bridging, a person by playing it over and over again in their minds. And every time you play medita a meditation or a journey work, even by yourself, you find little different aspects that you haven't seen in the last meditation. And you learn your soul, you begin to connect with your higher energy and your soul. And your soul starts to recognize maybe certain patterns that you can do the work yourself. So after the first or the second 
time with me, a lot of people learn to do it themselves. And sometimes they learn to into such an aspect that it becomes part of their lives. <laughs> so if I have a situation at work with somebody they don't get along with, for instance, or they don't like and they just want the energy to be kept on one side, they learn to cut the cords with that person and to let it go without them going to work every day and actually making them feel anxious or stressed out or, you know, being put down in any way. So in this way, it empowers. I strive to empower people. That's, that's my mission on this earth. I really believe it. I strive to empower people to walk a better life on this earth in whatever way I'm doing and whenever I'm going, I strive to empower people. <laughs> and it really works. Um, I remember when um, I came to South Africa just for a holiday, I was actually doing my master's degree, started on it already um, in Tromso in Northern Norway. And I wanted to get away from the dark winters because they have no sun for like two months. So <laughs> I came to South Africa and I came with um, the boyfriend I had at the time. I don't know if you remember that story, but I was really sure. I sort of sure, remember it. <laughs> yeah, I was really sure that we were not right to be like boyfriend, girlfriend. And uh, I was trying to figure out how I could like um, get clarity about it. And I knew it inside of me that that wasn't the right way to do it. And um, when we came to Cape Town, I came to... Uh, do a, uh, a little session with you and I think with with that particular case we did like a past life regression kind of thing so we went to three different lifetimes with that man in my life previously and each time the story came that because I didn't stand up because I didn't say what was important or didn't really expre uh, express my truth I actually died or I something bad happened to me so the message was I have to do it I have to have the courage to say no this time and um, I was going out from that session with you and I was asking also more questions and like symbols from the spirit world or the alpha side to show me and I got them uh, I got three messages and then I was completely sure okay now I need to do it and then I thought, like, how do I do it? And then we were planning to do the hiking trip up to uh, Table Mountain one day. And I thought, that's it. Once we get on top of Table Mountain, I will tell him. And wow. I did. And um, amazing. Yeah. And what happened was he said, oh, my God, this is so amazing because I felt the same way. I just felt that you needed to say it first. And yeah. after that, we came down Table Mountain, like skipping and, you know, um, like, oh, we are like, you know, it's it's a new thing. So um, that was quite, quite an experience. And um, I remember also when I was filming, I had one client of yours who said um, that there were you, you were also like she was there, like kind of not really uh, confident about the relationship she was in at the time. And the boyfriend's name um, she had was Mario. And the moment she was like pulling out and like turning uh, to the street was like waiting behind the light. There was a big truck coming, which had Mario removal. Wow. On it. <laughs> <laughs> so 
so she she was like okay this is the message so this is a message yeah. And that's what people need to pay, and that's very, very important because the universe, you know, whatever way you look at it, in whichever religion you are, is forever trying to send us messages. You just need to listen. And it's forever trying to tell us things. If you just listen to that intuition and listen to yourself and feel it, that that's a message you're getting through. And sometimes it might come in different ways. You know, you might meet a new person that might say something to you and you say, okay, should I pay attention to that? You know, should I, should I listen to that message? Or you might see a title of a book that leads you into, you know, something that is uh, connecting with you, you know, somewhere along the line. Just the title, just the words, you know, if nothing else, like a Mario's removal, you know. But that's, that's what happens. And if people became more aware of the outer, they'll be stronger in the inner. And when you do, when you're going to meditation or flying out, like I call it, journey work, <laughs> I fly out into journey work, you connect with other energies on a soul level. You know, your higher self connects to the higher self. So even by connecting and speaking to the higher, from higher self to higher self, it will reflect, reflect back on earth so that when you after you did your work when you met up with him you knew he got a message of some kind as well <laughs> so you were both on the same level you know and both agreeing to the same thing peacefully and that's mm -hmm. what happens that's the magic of it basically yeah so now um uh, when we talk about abundance, you have had so many different experiences, lessons uh, with abundance, uh, also living in South Africa, which is uh, maybe also uh, certainly a little more challenging in so many ways. What would you say to people who are listening? Our podcast name is actually Abundance in Action. What can they do to start to activate their abundance? Maybe three or four steps which you would recommend them to look into. Okay, basically, to activate yourself, remember that abundance encompasses your spirit, encompasses your energy, and encompasses raising your energy. And when you're in this energy, that no matter what is happening around you, you're creating the strength and this power within yourself that everything else around you will slowly come towards you. So you become like a magnet. So I think to actually the first steps for people that are listening is actually to go within yourself. Treat it like a little bit of a ritual, your own ritual for yourself. And... Go into that space where you try to connect your alpha side with your beta side, but go into that space where you actually become a magnet and ask yourself, how can I become this magnet? And the easiest way, again, by going into your alpha side is to actually see it symbolically as going within but using symbols possibly to actually feel that you are a patent. So one of the steps I would say to you is to first 
write down what do you want to achieve in your life. Not everybody is sure of it. Not everybody knows what they want to achieve at the moment. Everybody feels a little bit lost in this world. That many people feel lost in this world at the moment. What is their next step? What do they want to do? And just close your eyes for a few minutes and just let the words come out on the paper. Even if it's paper, words that don't make sense, you know. It can be words like car or um, house or paperwork or book, in your instance book. <laughs> so let the words come out, you know, um, of what to see. Then to close their eyes and actually visualize themselves doing something. Again, at times it will be blank because they can't quite see it just yet. But just to actually visualize themselves in a scene, any scene. So start from the basic where you start writing words down. Whatever comes into your head, visualizing yourself doing something because now you've got to start awaiting in your passion. Because your passion brings what that magnet, that energy that I'm seeing. So it's a short meditation, lighting a candle because you're creating your outer, taking deep breath in. Imagine yourself in a sacred space. What space do you love? Do you love being in a garden? Do you love being in a room? See yourself or visualize, imagine yourself. Use the word imagine yourself in your garden. Actually, me imagine this powerful light coming from a crystal in your garden on the floor, coming and coming inside of you, in your heart and in your solar plexus. And expanding from your solar plexus into the room around you. And saying the words, I am a magnet. I empower, the power is within me to achieve what I want in my life. And I think that's a basic meditation that people should go with. And allow the other visions or imagination take over to see themselves doing what they really and feel it inside what they're passionate about doing. And what they want to achieve in their lives. And working at it, because it's not just visualizing it, it's not just becoming this magnet, but also taking steps and action sometimes. How do I get to this point? And that takes time. But you can start and listen for the answers, because all the answers sometimes are within yourself. And again, I come back to the realistic world that's around you. How do you achieve this in your reality today, not just in a dream world or imagination, but in your reality today. How do I achieve this? There might be some blockages there. How do I remove those blockages? Or what steps can I take to get through those blockages? Where is the doorway? And what do I need to do? Because sometimes you have to do hard work to get to that doorway. And I so agree. It's um, so uh, connected to that passion. And um, it's also, I uh, have noticed myself and also working with my clients that um, we also maybe 
should allow ourselves as adults also to explore more like who we actually are. So many times we grow up and we think that we are what, you know, society is expecting us or what our family is expecting us or what our spouses are expecting. And then once we go deeper and start to explore, then comes out like in my case, I, um, when I went to Hawaii first time, I realized, wow, I have gifts to work with uh, water and become a water therapist. Like I had no idea I had those gifts. But because I was open, I was open to the messages which were coming. I saw a flyer, I went to the workshop and then I did the whole workshop and then I put it into practice. I could take it to the, as you say, from the spiritual world into this world. And now it's part of my mission and this is the way I can help people. Part of your life. Yeah. And then I also help me because then um, it can support my dreams um, and achieve other goals. So it's uh, really, really important like that. Yeah. It's that just that we forever learning. I'm forever inventing myself. I'm forever thinking, you know, whatever different stages you are in your life and different ages that you are in your life, you're forever thinking, okay, what's my passion in this moment in time? What can I do that I haven't done before? What can I explore? What can I learn? What can I, you know, manifest in my life that I haven't manifested before? So you're forever learning. I forever say it's a, you're a forever student, universal student, because you're forever learning and bringing new passions into your soul, not just into your life, but into your soul as well. Yeah, like in your case uh, with real estate, like uh, who would have thought, like first time I saw you doing <laughs> no. that, I was like, wow, that's so cool. And um, it's it's like, as you said, it's one way to help people. It's a different kind of passion and expression yeah. of your soul. Yeah. You know, and it was so interesting because I saw somebody the other day and she wants to solve it because she's immigrating and she's an um, energy healer. And uh, somebody said, uh, you know, she must find me. And she said, it's absolutely amazing to meet an agent who's an energy healer as well, you know. So it, it, it's quite brilliant sometimes. Uh, you know, it also brings certain people into your life for a reason. And I always believe there's a reason in everything we do or everyone we meet. So the people, it will bring into your life the people that need you the most sometimes and mm -hmm. vice versa too. <laughs> yeah. So what would you say, what would you like your legacy to be once you are done with your mission here in the physical form? What would you like to leave behind when people come over your name or maybe even this video? What would you like your legacy to be? Wow, that's, that, that's it's really a tough one because throughout, <laughs> throughout my life, it's probably a passion which... I haven't put into action yet. It was for always probably to write a book and leave at least a book of my thoughts and my teachings uh, behind, you know, once I pass on. Um, but, you know, to me, it doesn't really matter because I think the legacy for my soul is to actually have touched a certain amount of people and made a difference in 
in certain people's lives on this earth. And I think that's what I came here to do and what I, I hopefully I leave behind, you know, uh, in my lives. That even those people like yourself, you know, that will remember me. Oh, yes, I do remember Daniela Lee, you know, after a certain time. It doesn't have to be done the centuries. It doesn't have to be done, you know, the years. But at least knowing myself that I made a certain difference in you know, in people's lives, that's that's basically I feel satisfied within myself and my soul that I came here and I accomplish most, if not all, <laughs> of what I was meant to do on this earth. And you definitely have touched my life in so many ways. Like um, um, as I finished my master degree and the documentary about you and and your projects there. I uh, got so inspired, I actually started with my own um, spiritual studio in Estonia. I ran that for like four years and um, it was a really amazing experience. And I learned so many things from you as a spiritual person, but also as an entrepreneur. And I was so fascinated of that marriage you represented in my reality that moment because I had experienced so many more uh, spiritual people who had no idea how to do business and um, and I think uh, so many people who are awakening to spiritual path are still struggling with the business side of it but you had integrated it so well so I was learning and and then putting into use and as you were saying, um, hoping to touch and help many people the same way. So, so your little immunology student has also um, paid amazing. it forward. <laughs> it's actually amazing. Uh, it's amazing uh, what you become, and you're such a, an inspiration in the teachers. And I often see you also follow you on Facebook sometimes. And uh, I'm, I'm astounded at what you've achieved throughout the years and what what a great teacher you are at the moment. And you need to write that book. <laughs> so yeah. maybe you will follow on and write that book because you'll probably be better than me. And I think you, yeah, you've done so well that it's, it's mm. truly inspirational. And I'm sure you touch a lot of people's lives. Absolutely. Mm, Even with you. these recordings and these interviews, I think you're actually reaching out to more people than you think. Yeah. And what was also so inspiring last summer, um, our uh, main informant and uh, the main person in the documentary, Giovanna, uh, who actually went through a major process and transformation during this time. Um, I was in your house, Angel House, filming and doing this project. And later, um, lots of other things followed and um, she actually moved away from South Africa and moved to England. And last summer, me and my husband, Michael, we went to visit her to see mm. how her life had changed, how she had created a new life, had found a new love of uh, her life. And like, you know, everything had changed. And I had been part of her beginning of mm. that transformation. Mm. And uh, we were there with my husband and it was like, uh, it was like, almost like unbelievable that so many years mm. have passed and we are still in, co in connection and uh, we can still, you know, uh, support each other. And 
inspire and motivate so um, it's beautiful it's yeah. stunning yeah. <laughs> and i'm so mm -hmm. proud of it also keep in touch with the, the life that she has created it's actually amazing you know yeah. and she also just had another baby so it's 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 fantastic it's really yeah. great yeah. i'm so happy for her thank you so much daniela for your time and Appreciate um we also discussed that you probably will do a little gift um, for our listeners and viewers. Yes. Um, can you mention a couple of words what this is about? We're talking about the meditation that, that yeah. I will give yeah. them, that we can mm -hmm. write them. Um, I will write it up and they can assess. It's the beginning stages of becoming a magnet, how to become a magnet in the universe. And just the beginning stages as uh, how to awaken the passion inside of you and how to to heal anything that's not right. So I will put it down on a PDA format for you and you can give it to your listeners as well. Yeah. And how do people get con contact with you? They can contact me through Facebook. I've got two pages. One is Aurora uh, for my psych psychic channelings. That's um, Aurora is my soul name. It's always been my soul name. I knew since a little girl that my name was Aurora. <laughs> uh, it's A-U-R-O-R-A. -R -R -A. So I've decided to come out with it and to, you know, to, for the public out there to call myself Aurora and to bring my, that name in with Daniela's name, which is at the moment it's very estate agent related, <laughs> a lot of it. Mm -hmm. So I thought, let me use the Aurora for my spiritual side as well. Or they can actually um, go to my House of Angels. I still got a Facebook page there. Or they can email me at angels at houseofangels.co.za. Mm -hmm. I still keep my old email. <laughs> yeah. We'll put all these also underneath On a here, PDF, yeah. Notes. Yeah, so. I do. I do Skype readings with people. I do. We do. I do quite a lot of Skype reading with people outside the country. Um, so I do do that, and they can contact me as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, many people don't know Skype is actually created by Estonians. So, <laughs> so okay, it's really, wow. really cool. <laughs> yeah. And I remember when we um, we were doing our project there in South Africa in 2005, I actually started to give angel readings through Skype um, from um, one okay. um, cafe because that time uh, internet was very expensive to have it at home. So I did it from from a <laughs> cafe. So cafe, that was like, wow. Yeah. Yeah, See, you need moment. to write a book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you too. Yeah, <laughs> we will get there. Yeah. So thank you so much, and um, I wish I wish you all the best and uh, lots of amazing adventures and lots of abundance and many dreams to fulfill. Uh, and you more. too. And um, all the best greetings to your family and thank um, you and to yours and yeah. to your lovely husband yeah. <laughs> yes everyone and thank you for being the amazing um, gift you are to the world and i'm so glad we could record this so we can share this gift with the world i'm on it thank you yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. lovely being here with you thank it you. really was <laughs> thank you so if you want a little bit more soul food, this episode is definitely for you. So with all the love, uh, aloha, Ubuntu, 
from uh, from me and you um, for the Abundance in Action listeners and viewers. Thank you so much. Hello. <laughs> <laughs>